How many love Jesus today? You love him? It's great to be in the house of God. Big shout out to all of our Emmanuel family, no matter where you're joining us from. What a great day to gather together. I know some of you might be missing some snow right now. I'm not. I'm enjoying this special non-shoveling event so far. It's been terrific. And uh, you perhaps have a lot of plans ahead of you, things that are going on in the family this week. Pray the Lord would cover you if some of you are traveling or hosting and, and all of us are eating. Come on, somebody. We get to experience life together. And uh, each weekend, we've been gathering together as a church family. We've been in a series called Prepare Him Room and looking at the aspects of making room for Jesus in your home, in your own life, for the people that are around you. And last week in week number two, didn't Susie Larson do just such a great job presenting the word and heard from a number of people throughout the week uh, how they were chewing on different aspects of it and how it really was meaningful. You know it's a good message when they're talking about it later on. And so it was fantastic. Really appreciated the word. Uh, if you want to catch up on our messages, you can go on our Emmanuel MN app uh, at the app store for your phone, or you can go online onto our website. And of course, we have our messages going out there on various pathways, whether it be on YouTube or church online, or it be through our website, or it be our podcasts that go out throughout the week. And there's just different ways to engage, even while you're traveling and you're perhaps away, we want you to stay connected to the church family. We're gonna go right into week number three. The title of my message today is this, A Christmas Blessing. Turn to the person next to you and say, you need a Christmas blessing. <laughs> you need a Christmas blessing. I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter two. Luke chapter two, there's four gospels that all tell the story of Jesus. Matthew and Luke, the do the information about the birth of Jesus. Um, and then Mark and John pick up later on. But I want to tell you that as we read this, Luke in particular is very precise about his language and the details of a story. How many have somebody in your life that they're very detailed in their storytelling? And then you have other people that they just kind of give you the big things and uh, they might have things missing out. Luke never misses anything. Everything is in there for a reason. And so as we look at it, I want you especially to notice the details that Luke presents. In Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 4. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. When it says the line of David, it's the ancestors. He was the answer. So everybody came after David, they had to go back to the hometown to register. Verse five, it says, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child, okay? Pledged to be married, expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. Because, say it with me, there was no room for them in the inn. Now, I don't know why he had to put that detail in there, and I'm, there's a lot of fantastic studies that have been done about the birth of Jesus related to the prophecies of the Old Testament, looking forward to Jesus' birth and the Messiah coming. But for us, looking backward 2,000 years, 
I just want you to see in there that, you know, not everybody when Jesus was born was ready for Jesus. So there wasn't room, and it wasn't because they were bad people. The, how many would have liked to have gotten kicked out of your hotel room because there was another family coming in? Well, I paid for my room, and somebody else, it was just full. And when life is full, sometimes we don't have a way to fit in the most important things. When life is full, we're, we're busy, let's say, or, or, or pace of life. Um, we just don't have room to stop and notice what's most important. Of course, in this text, Jesus, this little baby, is the most important figure in the story. And, uh, and I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to just remember that because really the... I'm going to circle back on how do we make sure that we make room for Jesus, but recognize it's in the ordinary life that we miss him. Every day, we could miss him, or we can open our eyes and see him. And let me transition a little bit to, to how we raised our kids. A little story, Jody and I, we raised uh, four sons, and each of the four sons were active, and we did something in our house where uh, when we had a choice to put up a deck or put up a half-court basketball court, I put the half-court basketball court up because I wanted to play basketball in the backyard. And so for the last 15 years or so, um, including up to this summer, through this summer, we have people showing up at our house for something we call the RBL, the Roosh Backyard League. And they just show up. And, uh, and it's a lot of fun, and it's, it's fantastic. Everybody comes to play for hours, and, and while we're playing, there's sweat. Sometimes there's big arguments, and then there's prayer time. And then, <laughs> I was just kidding. Uh, there's, there's, some, there's some intensity, some competitiveness out there. And then, and then everybody always looks forward to Jody's cookies, because she makes the most fantastic chocolate chip cookies. In fact, these are all photos from my iPhone. And I was looking through all the years of photos, and every time I saw pictures of, of the RBL in the backyard, there was always a picture of chocolate chip cookies because it was kind of linked to it. Um, our, our kids, people loved to come over, and really, the fun was only for the people who showed up, who wanted to play and chose to play. Another uh, story in our family is, is raising boys means that they're always active and they're always doing something. But if you wanted to make them happy, the only thing you have to do is have food for them. That's the only thing you gotta do. Girls might be different, but I just say this with boys. Jody would say, if she wanted to make the, the kids happy, all she had to do was cook. All right? Now, but they would be all over in the house playing video games somewhere, um, um, outside playing basketball. They might be, do whatever they're doing. And while we get the table set and the food is ready, there's this moment, and it would happen almost every day. Jody would go, boys! Dinner's ready! And Jody has this, if I asked you to do it now, you could probably do it. She, she just nodded to me, don't make me do it. They would come running, and it would be like a herd of elephants running through the house, running for the dinner table, because they were ready for whatever was going to be at the table. Now, this is what I want you to think about. I've got a table up here. It's been in the bumper leading up to our message each week. And it's a, it's a table. Now, this happens to be set like a Christmas table. It's got a real ham and turkey, chicken. It's got 
a pie, an apple pie. There was some debate beforehand about who was going to get to eat this pie after second service. I am severely tempted to take a fork out right now and just say, I'm going to get the first bite. Now, here's the thing. Christmas itself is a call for all of humanity. Dinner's ready. It's time for us to locate what God has for people. You think about all the time before Jesus was born and humanity. You think we have wars and difficulty. Read the Old Testament. And you'll discover that in the Old Testament there was strife. There were, there were um, broken families. There was rape. There was hurt. There was pain. There was, there was thievery. There was there was murder. There was all kinds of things in, in the Old Testament. And God tried to bring the law in to help an outside force change the human heart. But how many of you know the human heart can't change unless there's a miracle from Jesus? And as new, the New Testament comes into play, it's the story of Jesus. The four, first four books of the Bible or of the New Testament are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they're the stories of how Jesus transformed the people of his day and age. And then the good news, which is called the gospel, was to be told throughout the whole world that Jesus wasn't just available for the people in Jerusalem of that day, but that Jesus was a special gift a, with special deliveries of food, if you will, for all of humanity, no matter where you live, what your language is, your socioeconomic status, or what you're going through, it was available for you. And for the rest of the calendar year, there are other things that we go through and people get excited at the beginning of the year hoping the Vikings are going to do well. <laughs> and we kind of focus our attention and people wear purple. Didn't see a whole lot of Viking paraphernalia today. There might be a few in here. Praise God. Appreciate you. But I want you to consider that whatever our attention goes to, Christmas is a time for us to come back to the table, back to the food, back to the gifts that are promised for us. No matter the brokenness or the internal hurt or the family strife or whatever it is that we're walking through, I want you to know it's as if God is saying, boys, girls, dinner's ready. In Isaiah chapter 9, the promise of the Messiah was, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Each of those titles representing what he does and who he is for anybody that will come to the table. Now, unfortunately, sometimes we're just so busy, so consumed with what we already know that we don't have time to come freshly to the table or invite others to the table. In Proverbs 27, 7, it says, A person who is full refuses honey, but even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. You can have great food, but if you're already full, you ignore it. 
Let me ask you something. If you really knew that Jesus wanted to share something with you today, would you stop everything in your life to pursue his gift? Or are you already full? I got enough. Why don't we see as many physical healings and miracles in in the United States, but you go overseas or or other nations, you see the supernatural. It's because here we're already full. We already are meeting our own needs. We don't want it enough. Honey tastes distasteful to the one who is already full. But even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. Busyness is not a sign of health. Some people chase strategies for peace and growth and wealth and the things that they want at the table by chasing it another way. C.S. Lewis says it this way. Human history is the long, terrible story of a man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. And I, I think that would be true for all of us. For me, you know, I'm... I'm a human being just like you. When I started off in college and I was trying to figure what I was going to be and, and then I got into my career and I figured I had to do everything. So I, I said yes to, to just about everything that I was supposed to do. And, and, and as Jody and I were married and then we had kids and, and then I went off and I, 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 after youth pastoring, I went to North Central University and I was teaching and I was in the administration and I was traveling and speaking I just kept doing everything because I thought that's the, what I was supposed to do to be successful. I couldn't say no to things because that might stop my success. And then, then sure enough, what, what happened for me is now all of a sudden, it, it was all on my shoulders to get the peace. It was all on my shoulders to, to get the wisdom and the counsel and I was chasing everything. And of course, education is good. And, and I chased education. And I, I got my master's degree. And I got my doctorate. And I, I chased those kind of things. And, and I was busy all the time. And everything got a yes. And so, so that meant that I was a coach for, for my kids' sports teams. And I was, I, was, I was going to every party that we were invited to as a couple in, 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 in the ministry or in our friendship group. And every, everything was, we were moving all the time, saying yes. And then I was tired. And I was so tired, I was like, Lord, I'm tired doing things for you. Sometimes I was doing things for him on my own strength. I was too full chasing those strategies and not receiving what Jesus was offering. This is a great time to pump the brakes. Because during all of that that time going on, now I can look back and I can recognize through painful events in my story that I was neglecting the people in my life along the way. Because while I was busy, I didn't notice my wife was silently hurting. Feeling like I was picking everything else but her. Even though she was in some of those meetings and in some of those things, she still needed time with me. And I was too, my schedule was too full. Or my sons, and, and we made the transition to come back to, to pastor at, a, at Emmanuel, and my sons had to go through a change as well. And it meant a lot of big, if you don't know, for pastor's kids, it's not an easy life. 
Because everybody's looking at them and everybody has an opinion of them and, and there's a spotlight on them. And a couple of our sons, they did really well. Things went well for them. But a couple of our sons I did notice were secretly hurting. And then they began to chase other things outside of me and our family to heal the wound. So what I'm saying to you today isn't just something about just getting saved. I'm also saying if we're going to experience Jesus, we're going to have to pump the brakes and recognize some of the things we've been doing to try to get the stuff at the table. We're not getting because we're not going to the table. We're going to other sources. How will you know that you need to look at your spiritual condition and the condition of your heart? Well, hunger is our spiritual thermometer. What are you hungry for? It's a spiritual thermometer. When someone loses their appetite, it's the first sign something's going on in their body. Doctors will diagnose based on our symptoms. First thing we lose is our appetite. And then I think the same thing could be true when it comes to appetite. Have you ever been like excited for something, to eat something, but then you got bad news? And what do you do? You lose your appetite. And that's a sign that wherever your mind is or whatever it's wandered to affects your hunger. And sometimes we're so full chasing other things. And I'm not just talking about entertainment, but including entertainment or, or news and information about things or, or politics. It could be anything. When our minds go to something, we lose our hunger for the right things. And it's pursuit of things that don't necessarily give us what we're really looking for. Our love for people in our life, for people away from Jesus, can really be replaced by our self-reliance and our busyness. So here's the good news. The good news is we can get our appetite back. Anybody's stomach growling right now? Because the Christmas story is good news for everyone. God chose to smile on all the tired, the broken, the, the, the people who make mistakes, the empty, the abused, the selfish, the hopeless ones. In Christmas, we see that the birth of Jesus confronts us with the truth that religion will not save us. It's a reminder that God simply never gives up. How many are thankful for that? Jesus came as a visible representation of God's infinitely patient grace. He's patient with us. And the playing field is level. For there are none righteous. No, not one, it says. Everyone needs the grace that the baby in the major came to give. Every single one of us. And in the manger is the fulfillment of the promise that everything that sin is damaged would be made new again. See, our Heavenly Father can give us a Christmas blessing. How many want a Christmas blessing today? He can give it to us. The very first one that heard it and re received the news of this was Mary. And if you look with me at Luke chapter one and the announcement the angel gives to Mary, the mother of Jesus, about she was going to be pregnant and the baby would come. In verse 30 of Luke chapter one, it says, don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. 
The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will, when will it end? It will never end. Listen, when God looks your way, it's called a blessing. When God looks your way, it's called a blessing. It's God saying, I'm going to pour into you all the goodness that I have. I'm smiling on you. That's what Christmas is about. It's a reminder in 2023 and soon to be 2024 that he is interested in us. In the Old Testament, the people of Israel would reflect that through the great priestly prayer or blessing over the people of Israel. And that prayer was this in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Now this imagery is the Lord bless you and keep you. A blessing is the favor of God that gets poured out on us. Whatever's in him, if it were in a pitcher, it would be poured into our cup. The blessing of God is what's in him comes on us. It's his gifts, it's his approval, it's his, he's with us. And it says there, the Lord bless you and keep you. Now keep you is security language. Language of security. This generation is an insecure generation. Filled with anxiety about tomorrow. Thinking about what's going to happen next. What if? And the blessing of the Lord will turn toward you and he'll bless you and he'll keep you. In other words, he'll secure you. You don't have to feel insecure when your life is in his hands. Now, uh, every once in a while, I'll go to a coffee shop, I'll go to Starbucks or Caribou and I'll sit down and I'll have my headphones on and I'll be on my laptop and I'm writing things out and people are going by. And because I had a, a, a large Americano Somewhere along the way, I got to go to the bathroom. I know none of that has ever happened to you. And there's this moment where I'm like, okay, do I pack up my laptop, unplug everything, then go to the bathroom, or do I trust these people around me? Right? And I've been, truth be told, I've been reading the people around me for about 10 minutes because I know it's coming. Do they seem trustworthy? Would they steal my stuff? Anybody else ever done that? <laughs> Here's the thing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. You can trust him when you're in the bathroom. You can trust him when you're away from your kids. He's going to take care of your kids. You can trust him because he's got this. He's got the things you can't control. Security is in him. Verse 25 of that great blessing was the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. To shine is the image of delight. In the New uh, Living Translation, it says, may he smile on you. It's that image, I'm interested in you. I like you. You're not a bother to me. Now, this is challenged by those of us that grew up and we never had somebody that was deeply interested in us. Perhaps you had a parent that only spoke negative things over you and despised you or said certain things to you or perhaps even abused you. I want you to know God's not like that. He turns and may he smile. He's interested. He likes you. 
He's interested in you. I want you to repeat this after me. Say, God made me the way he wanted me to be, and he likes me. Now turn to the person next to you, look them in the eyes, and say, God made you the way he wanted you to be, and he likes you. Yeah, he's interested into you. That's what Jesus does. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Gracious to you is everyone is sin, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So he brings grace. Grace makes up for our weaknesses, the things that we've messed up, the things that come to mind. If you have a list of failures in your heart and your mind, I want you to know God's grace is bigger than your list. You need to give him your list. Get rid of the list. Quit reciting the list. Recite the fact that Jesus loves you and he fills in the gaps of what's missing in your life. Paul had that in his life and he talked to Jesus about it. And Jesus' response was found in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. You know what? Jesus works really good with broken people. And it's okay to not be okay. It's not okay to keep it inside and miss out on what's at the table. Don't miss out on what Jesus can bring to your story. See, God will bless you and he wants to bless those around you because it doesn't end with just you. You know, the worst thing is to only think about yourself all the time. It's the lowest level of maturity. As you grow in Jesus or you grow as an individual, you begin to be aware of others around you. So if you receive the blessing of God, he wants you to be able to bless the others that are at the table, the others that are in your life. And to pour out whatever's been poured into you onto other people. They need it. Listen, deeply loved people can bless other people. When you receive his love and let it go deep inside. And some of us, that's work. We got to work through all of the, the, the landmines of our past. But when you begin to trust God, Jesus, he walks you through. Gets you on the other side. And it's not about you. It's about the people Jesus wants to bless through you. You are loved and your identity is what he says about you. So it may take time. That's okay. There's divine process to pregnancy. Think about Mary. She's announced that she's going to have a baby, but that baby did not come right away. There are nine months of development. And for you and I, we need to remember that we're works in progress. Turn to the person next to you and say, hang in there. I'm a work in progress. <laughs> God's delays are not his denials. Just because you don't get everything you want at once doesn't mean the dinner's not coming. His delays are not denials. So what can you do with the Christmas blessing that you've got? What can we do with the Christmas blessing? I want to give you three things today. With the Christmas blessing, the first thing is this. Accept the blessing like Mary did. 
Just receive it. Stop coming up with objections all the time or reasons why he wouldn't love you. Those are nothing but lies from somewhere else. They're not from God. They're not truth. They're simply lies. Do you know that he cares about all these kids? Well, you don't know what I did. You don't know what I went through. Yeah, well, I, I'm, maybe I don't, but I know this. He died for the worst of sinners. And that the playing field is, is, is level. There's none righteous, no, not one. And this is what I know. If you begin to receive his love, all the others, hard, crusty, cranky, bitter, angry, unforgiving part of you will melt away. And you become a new creation to something different. Accept the, mess, the blessing like Mary did. Now Mary hears the word from the angel and then she begins to sing back something to God, expresses it. Some, over 2,000 years, we've called the Magnificat. It's a song or words expressing something deep inside of Mary. And it's found in Luke chapter one, verse 46. In Luke 1, 46, this is how Mary responds to the news that he blesses her. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of this lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he has made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. With this Christmas blessing today, like Mary, stop and receive it. Just receive it. We're going to have worship and prayer in a couple minutes. Don't push it out. Just receive it. Jesus is here. Anything can happen. Why not just receive it? Don't push it off. Just receive it. Admit who you are. Mary said, I'm just a lowly servant girl. How many know Jesus doesn't care? But he comes in. She admits who she is and her status in life, her moment in history, and then declare what God does. Mary declares mercy to every generation. Not only does God intervene and save me and forgive me, and I don't deserve it, but he'll do that with my kids and my grandkids too. He'll do that for everybody I'm connected to. And you begin to receive the blessing, not just for yourself, but for your whole family, for the people around you in your life. Just receive it into your story. And then his promise extends from Abraham to the, to the children forever. See, everyone has a song. It's an inner communication or a condition of our heart. Something's going on in our head and our hearts. Seasons have different songs. There's a song of victory. There's a song of defeat. There's a song of trust and a song of despair. All of those are found in the Bible, by the way. There's a time to lament and there's a time to rejoice. But whatever that song is inside of you, like it was within Mary, sing it. Don't leave it in your head and your heart. Let it out. Get it out of your 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 
clutter of your heart and open up yourself and something beautiful will happen. As you do it, the Holy Spirit enters. It's, a, it's like a big welcome sign for the rest of the blessing to keep coming in. It's not just about the entrance of the gates. It's about once you're in, there's more at the table for you. Psalm 42, the psalmist says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they continually say to me, where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. When I remember these things, the psalmist says, remember is the word zakar, which means to retain in thought. In other words, when I retain my thoughts, remember what God has done, it causes me to pour out my soul within me. It creates an insatiable hunger for God in my heart. So I could be in the worst of moments, just went through rejection or gone through pain or experiencing separation from somebody else. But in that moment, when I begin to say, but Lord, you still chose to have mercy on me. I don't understand, and I begin to declare what God has done for me. Something begins to happen in my heart. It makes room for more hunger for God. I want more of him. I begin to do, it's a process where you begin to open up. That's receiving the blessing, remembering it. Number two, share your blessing with the people in your life. What do you do with the blessing? Don't just receive it. Give it away. Fill up on Jesus, but let the blessing flow through you to others. Even if your family has been critical and they failed to bless, you can bless those who curse you. Listen, pour out a blessing when you let that blessing into your heart. I'm thinking about making room for the people at the table. And this year... What if instead of cursing, we got a hunger to see a different story when we got together? How many of you are going to be with friends or family this week for special gatherings? And you're going to gather around the table. And you're going to sit down. Now, at the table, there might be somebody that knows how to push your buttons. And you can hear it in your head. Here we go again. And they start bringing up old past stuff. You start feeling cruddy. And you might feel like, you know what? I want to get away from this. I just want to get away or check out on my phone. What if instead you got this big hunger in your heart? I want a different story at the table. I want to have a hunger to see them be blessed. I want to see them blessed. Now, I've got a picture of a kid who's looking at a plate of pancakes that I want you to see because this is the kind of hunger you can have. Go ahead and show that picture. Of the Now, this. Yes. What if? What if my hunger is, instead of the clutter of the past, and this vision that I have of what won't happen. What if I got rid of the old vision and I cleared it out of the junk of my life and I start having a new vision for my family that I'm going to speak blessing over their life and there's going to be a turnaround in their life 
and I'm going to be a part of it. Now it doesn't all happen at once, but I'm going to switch and begin to have a new vision of what could happen, to get hungry to encourage. What does Ephesians 4.29 say? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. That's what we want to give away. New Living Translation says it this way. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Instead of being a hater, be a blesser. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't be a hater. Be a blesser. What if we took the blessing and we turned it right over? Well, my family, my friends, they don't love Jesus. Who said that you had to preach at them? Or you just complimented them? Is that a new hairstyle? That looks good. I like that outfit. Thanks for coming. That pie. And you didn't let any grumbling out. All you let out was blessing. Number three, and I'm done. Invite people who don't know Jesus' blessing to the table. Invite people who don't know Jesus' blessing to the table. Invite them. What about the people in our life? Here's the, here's the challenge. I'll go back to this metaphor of a table kitchen. When we're so busy and we're only thinking about our plans, we don't even think about people who don't experience what we get at the table. We don't think about our neighbors or whoever because our week is planned already. Well, what if, what if we begin to remove the busyness a little bit in our planning for the week and we begin to say, well, I'm gonna invite my neighbor to come to church next Sunday with me. I got a seat at the table for him. You know, the number one reason that people come to church for the first time, somebody invited them. It wasn't because the, the pastor was a really great communicator or the worship was crazy good. People who are away from Jesus don't think about the same thing Christians think about. They just are sitting there in their own lack of peace, sitting there in their lack of hope, sitting there wondering of where it's gonna come from. They're getting temporary joy from giving gifts and other kind of things, but depression set, settles in or other things come in later on. I want to just tell you this, you have the hope of the world inside of you. You can invite your neighbors to the table. What if this week you've got a plan already to go to church? Let's say, I hope you do. And in your plan to go to church, what if you invited some people to come with you next week? What if they came Thursday or they came Sunday morning or Sunday night? Man, now all of a sudden your vision for them, your hunger is about people away from Jesus not just about filling your own stomach. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Invite people who don't know Jesus' blessing to the table. Why not do that? Get hungry to see new, non-religious people find Jesus. Won't you stand with me? Today, God is ready to bless you. Can you make room to receive his blessing today, right now? Can you make it? I'm talking to everybody from 
that's a new believer to somebody that's been walking with Jesus for decades, can you make room to receive the blessing of God? A Christmas blessing over your story. Some of you need physical healing or you need uh, peace because you've got anxiety or whatever. We're going to believe that Jesus is going to bless you. In fact, today I'd like to ask all of our prayer teams to come and be available along the front here as well as the back of the balcony. And I'd also like to ask our, our elders and our, um, our staff to be available for prayer because anybody that wants prayer today, we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray a Christmas blessing over you. And, uh, and you can come at any point. We're going to sing together here in just a moment. But I want to encourage you, let God begin to, to deal with your hunger. If you don't hunger for more of God, then maybe you just need to say, Lord, I don't even have room for a blessing. Help me to empty out my heart of the clutter so I can receive what you want to do in my story. And then we can also say, Lord, give me eyes to see my family, so that I'm a blesser to my husband or my wife, so I'm a blesser to my children, so I'm a blesser to my relatives, so I'm a blesser to my coworkers, so I'm a part of your blessing to the world around me. And by the way, our hunger can include all of our life. It's not just about giving gifts and all of those kind of things, but as a church, this is what I love about the generosity growing in us for kingdom builders. What if God helps us to finish up some of the goals that we want to reach partners' uh, uh, needs around the world for our kingdom builder projects. God might begin to stir you. And the cool thing is, the more you give away and empty it out, the more room you have for God to bless you more. But if you keep it to yourself, you're not going to be doing anything. We want to be those that are constantly giving it away. And the more we give it away, the Father says, I want to bless you even more. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? God wants to do this. So I want to believe for the people who are away from Jesus people that are away from Jesus to come and know him and may God use us to be his inviters to the table. So as I'm going to pray for you and when I'm done and I say amen, we're going to sing the song. It's called The Blessing. I want you to just say, God, I want your blessing. I want your Christmas blessing in my life. I want you at some point to begin to go, Lord, would you let that blessing flow to my family? Would you let that blessing flow to the people around you? And then let the Lord begin to open your eyes as you talk to the Lord about people who, who need to know Jesus and begin to pray that you're hungry like that kid looking up at pancakes. Lord, I'm hungry to see them know you. I, I want to see that happen in my story. Just let that partnership come. Just as Mary did singing her song to the Lord, now you got an opportunity to open up your heart and sing it to him. Go ahead and throw your hands up to heaven with me today as we open up our souls before the Lord like Mary did. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you said, Lord, that you love us with an everlasting love. That, Lord, there is literally nothing that would stop your heart from looking toward us. We thank you, Lord, that, Lord, you pushed past all the barriers, all the things that we had in the way. And, Lord, you chose to go the full route, Lord, of death on the cross and, and being raised from the dead for us. We thank you. And thank you, Lord, that you've invited us to the table. That, Lord, that the Prince of Peace, the wonderful counselor, Lord, that you're available to us today. And so, Lord, we open up ourselves to you and we ask God that you would reveal your truth to us and that you would reveal, Lord, the peace and the, 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 the joy that's, that is promised. That, Lord, you unleash the 
father heart of God, the true love of God, and it would cancel curses in our story, bad words, th other thoughts that have come up. And I pray, God, a new story, a new Christmas blessing would usher through our soul. And Lord, that out of that, Lord, we begin to bless other people because we have the flow of heaven flowing through us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out emmanuelcc.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into the community, or to join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.